0: Welcome to Perfectly Imperfect, a podcast on mental health for folks of color. I'm your host, John Zell Anderson, licensed professional counselor. I'm the owner of Panoramic Counseling, where I specialize in treating teens and young adults in Richmond, Virginia, and throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia through online counseling. Let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. Today, I am excited to bring you a book review. The author's name is Ashley Peterson, uh, and she is well known for her blog, which is called Mental Health at Home. I uh, highly recommend checking that out, and I'll be sure to put the links to that blog in the show notes here. Um, but the interesting about Interesting thing about this book review is that it is the first time that I've reviewed a book of an author that is not of color, but there's a reason for that. This particular book, uh, it's A Brief History of Stigma, Looking for Ways to Move Beyond Mental Illness Stigma. Uh, And the reason I chose to share this book review here is because Folks in communities of color have continued to be impacted by mental health stigma. And as I've shared several times on this podcast, uh, that stigma has gotten in the way of people seeking mental health treatment and, you know, just doing the things that they can to improve their quality of life. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, anything on the topic of stigma is definitely applicable to communities of color. So, Aside from that, it's a really great book full of information. So uh, as I start out, uh, this may get split into two episodes depending on how much uh, time it takes because I want to keep these episodes uh, under 30 minutes. But yeah, I'm going to just jump right in. There's so many different topics covered as they pertain to mental health stigma, uh, but I want to share a few quotes that kind of give some of the background on mental health stigma so quote the world health organization has said that when it comes to mental health promotion the single most important barrier to overcome in the community is the stigma and associated discrimination towards persons suffering from mental and behavioral disorders stigma and the stereotypes prejudiced attitudes and discriminatory behaviors that it encompasses can have a profound negative effect on the lives of people with mental illness. Whatever the contributing factors may be on an individual level, social constructionism shows that the way society views mental illness is learned rather than being based on objective characteristics inherent to the illness itself. In order to challenge that socially constructed stigma, we need to address the social learning that gives rise to it and replace negative beliefs with more positive ones, end quote. So one of the things that I really like about Ashley Peterson's books is that she not only talks from a clinical standpoint but she also shares about her own mental health journey. So the cool thing about uh, Ashley is that she is actually a mental health nurse, but the thing I like about her writing and her blog is that she shares that um, scientific information, but she also provides application because she lives with a major depressive disorder, and she kind of talks about Um, how those things impact her in her own life. Um, And so all of her books kind of follow that dynamic between clinical and uh, application. So, quote, scattered throughout the book are getting personal sections, which include encounters with stigma from my own experiences with major depressive disorder and my 15-year career as a mental health nurse. What sticks out in my mind as my most profound experience of stigma when I was reported to my nursing regulator because provincial law mandates reporting of health professionals admitted to hospital for psychiatric reasons. That's what most ignited my passion for challenging stigma." Uh, What she's saying there is that she's dealt with stigma as a person working in the field uh, because of how the laws are set up. So even though she, um, her line of work is helping those with mental health conditions, the system that perpetuates stigma against those who are impacted by mental illness actually, uh, at occasions, has gotten in the way of her being able to do her job. And I think that that's a very important perspective uh, to share because... In my opinion, you know, I always I'm very uh, forthcoming about my own uh, mental health um, journey. Uh, in my experience, someone who is aware of and is taking the steps to treat and to manage their mental health conditions is a lot more impactful than somebody who kind of keeps everything hush hush. Uh, at least from my perspective as a therapist. uh, I pretty much always tell my clients uh, on that first consultation call that I am a therapist that goes to therapy. Um, I let them know that uh, before the credentials and everything like that, I'm just another human who um, happens to have the profession of helping other people walk through their uh, mental health journeys. And for my own practice, I can say that being forthcoming about that with my clients is one of the things that sets me apart, at least from what my clients have told me. So um, it's very important, I think, to break that stigma early and often when when discussing these topics. So I really appreciate that Ashley provides uh, those insights throughout the book as well. So the book starts off with defining stigma. So I'm going to share a quote that uh, gives a good snapshot. So when we talk about stigma, what are we really talking about? So, quote, we all have an array of characteristics that are part of us, but not all of us. Many of these characteristics aren't of much interest or importance to others, but certain differences are socially selected by dominant groups as being highly relevant. These differences are used to categorize individuals. No one pays much attention to whether I have brown or blonde hair, but if I had natural African hair, that would be a cue that I'm a member of a group that's on the wrong side of the power differential, and therefore much more meaning would be attached to that characteristic. Mental illness is another characteristic that that societies have identified as highly relevant and that undesired differences become more than just a single characteristic. Instead, it comes to dominate the entire person, making them tainted and not quite human in the eyes of society. There are a few key reasons why societies stigmatize. Exploitation, domination, which is keeping people down, enforcement of social norms, keeping people in, and avoidance of disease and contagion, keeping people away. And so the author goes on to break down in detail why stigma occurs. Um, So I'm going to share that uh, outline as well. So, quote, stigma is multifaceted, and it can show up in a number of different ways. Researchers have identified seven key dimensions of stigma that impact the lives of people with mental illness. Social distance, the desire to avoid interacting with people who are members of a stigmatized group. Traditional prejudice, preconceived negative judgments about the stigmatized group and its members being inferior as a category similar to racist attitudes that were traditionally seen in the U.S., such as in Jim Crow laws. Exclusionary sentiments, the desire to block members of a stigmatized group from acting in certain social roles, such as health professionals. Negative affect, negative emotional reactions that arise in the context of being around members of a stigmatized group. Treatment carryover, the belief that people are of a lower social status if they're undergone certain forms of treatment, such as electroconvulsive therapy, ECT. Disclosure carryover, the belief that disclosing a stigmatized condition will lead to ongoing negative responses from others within the community. And finally, perceptions of dangerousness, the belief that members of a stigmatized group are likely to act in a dangerous manner, which is often a major factor in the desire for social distance, end quote. So I shared that list because having a basic understanding of first what stigma is and ways that it manifests itself, but also the ways that people respond to stigma is very important because as this book is about mental health stigma, uh, the following chapters break down those topics in more depth. And I read a lot, and I've actually never seen a book that goes this in depth into the nuances of mental health stigma. So uh, I definitely really enjoyed it. Moving on, Uh, I want to share an interesting stat, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about how the author approaches intersectionality, which is something that I've talked a lot about on this podcast. So here's the stat, quote, people with a high school education or less also tend to have more stigmatizing beliefs. Religious views can have a significant impact as well throughout history and even into the present day, displays of abnormal behavior consistent with mental illness have often been attributed to evil spirits fueling stigma, End quote. And I share that because as a therapist of color working with different kinds of folks, especially uh, Hispanic and Black clients, there's a lot of the influence of religious views and, um, the, the influence of like education level and family history on how people approach, uh, mental illness. I've been to churches before where a pastor will say that, uh, you know, basically disqualify the importance of mental health treatment and say that, Uh, it's a a spiritual thing, right? Like they have uh, an influence of evil going on in their life and they need to have faith in order for it to resolve itself, right? Um, And so that's one extreme. Um, But I think on a more practical level, um, especially in Hispanic and uh, Black communities, um, there's the um, status quo of praying it away, or basically faith is the only thing that you need uh, to approach it. And I've talked about this on my blog and uh, in the podcast, but the best approach to mental health treatment is holistic. So that's your um, biological, physical, physical, psychological, emotional, social relationships, and if spirituality is important to you, the spiritual component. So there's three to four um, areas of which you uh, approach a a mental health condition. And so I just wanted to share that stat because it's definitely uh, between education level, understanding of treatment, but also the influence of religious views and things like that, all of that definitely plays a big role into mental health stigma and its treatment. So as I mentioned before, intersectionality, uh, I'm just going to share a quote to kind of give a snapshot of how the author approaches that. So quote, individuals who are stigmatized due to mental illness may also possess other characteristics that cause society to other them such as their race, gender, sexual orientation, or social class. The concept of intersectionality refers to the interplay between these kinds of characteristics and how that influences social responses. The challenges someone experiences due to mental illness, stigma, can be amplified by the prejudice and discrimination associated with other aspects of their identity, a phenomenon sometimes referred to as double stigma or double disadvantage. For example, people with a mental illness come into contact with police more often than the general public, and those interactions might look quite different if the individual also happens to be Black or Indigenous. If that individual also happens to be homeless, that adds on another layer of stigma, end quote. And the reason intersectionality seems to come up so often on this podcast, but just in a lot of literature and media lately, is because, just like I said before, you can't approach mental illness from just a spiritual perspective. Um, approach, right? You have to look at the body, the mind, the social um, uh, systems around it and everything like that. Uh, you can't have a one-track approach to dealing with stigma and things like that because, as most things with humanity is, it's very complex nuance. And so intersectionality kind of looks at how different types of stigma and beliefs from different uh, descriptors of a person can influence their experience. And so I really appreciate that the author gave special attention to that throughout this book. So in the interest of time, I'm actually going to split this book review in half. So this first half kind of gives you an introduction to the book. And the second episode, which will come out on Thursday, will kind of give a little bit more detail into some of the more in-depth topics in the book. Uh, But until then, I highly recommend checking out the show notes for this episode as the links to where to find this book will be listed there. But until next time, thank you so much for listening and take care. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support this podcast by buying me a coffee. The link is in this episode's show notes. Thanks in advance. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast, and best of all, it's free. They offer creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor also distributes your podcast, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many more. Did I mention that you can make money from your podcast no matter the size of your following? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today.